So we just talked about making a podcast DIY home studio on a tight budget. Let's talk about what it looks like when you have a big budget. Episode 17 of the Full-Time Podcast Producer. My name is Isaac. I am a full-time podcast producer here putting the show together to help you level up the quality of your show and really learn the ropes of podcasting. Also, I give out some tips and tricks for those who are wanting to go into production for themselves. And I, I, I promise you, this is not something I've just scripted for the sake of the convenience of doing this episode back-to-back with our last episode, but I had someone come to me and say that they had the budget to go all out, and they wanted to go all out. They weren't interested in the $150 to $200 package kit that I could offer them. They wanted to know what it would look like if they had a very, very deep pocket budget that they could use for putting this home studio together. And my job is to help them do that. So that's what we're going to talk about in this episode. For those of you who have the budget or at least would like to know where you can go to after you have established yourself in podcasting and eventually get to the point where you have some money to throw at a studio upgrade. If this kind of content helps you, be sure that you pause right here and subscribe to the show. We release on Tuesdays and Thursdays. That schedule is actually going to change here when February comes. But for now, we're sticking with that and we'll just keep putting out this kind of content. Let us know what you think, leave us a review, and let's start the episode. Now, the list for this episode is going to mirror the list that we had for the last episode in the kit that we talked about over there. Just to give you a quick refresher of what that covered, one, keeping in mind your sound and setup, especially using things that you already have around the house to do sound dampening. Two was your microphone. We talked about the Blue Yeti. Three, your recording device. Four, your recording software. Usually those two things are done with a computer, which will save you some time and money. Five was your boom and shock mount. And six was your pop filter and windscreen. Now, a lot of those things are going to be the same for the bigger kit. We don't really need to add or take away from those six items on our list, but some of those items are going to change as far as what you put into it. So I have a list of the four things that are going to change, things that you can address and have a very successfully leveled up sound quality and production quality using a really deep budget. The first thing is your immediate recording space. You know, we talked about how easy it is to have a nice, modest space that maybe it's open, maybe it has a lot of items in it like furniture, which the more furniture the better because that's going to do sound absorption. You can go back and listen to episode 16 and we do a a deeper dive into that in episode, I think it's 14 or 15 where we actually talk more about sound. But when you have a deep budget, you can invest in some sound panels. I'm sure if you watch YouTube and you have some YouTubers that you like who do a lot of solo content, have in their background just a giant wall of the different corrugated sound panels that are on their wall. They might be multicolored. They they might look really, really fancy. They might look all black. And when it comes down to it, in my experience, I've found that it doesn't really matter from brand to brand which ones you use. It's more a matter of having them. Now, granted, I haven't sat down and done a brand comparison between specific 
sound absorber panels, but the ones that I really gravitate towards are ones that I think look nice in my environment because they're going to get the job done one way or another. In our recording studio, we actually have some that are about two inches thick. They might be a little bit less than that, but they're really handy because we're able to put them up against our wall. We have pins that we push through and they stay in the wall. And while in that immediate recording space, we're not really going for looks, it's very convenient because these are malleable. We can shape them to fit in the different nooks and crannies of our studio that we need to because it is a very awkward space. It's not your typical square room. It has a slanted ceiling. It has the light sticking out from the wall instead of from the roof. And these just really complement what we are needing for that space. There's also patterns that I've seen that are kind of a hexagon, octagon shape. And those actually look amazing whenever you have those set up in a room and you're really trying to complement the aesthetic that you already have for your studio. Let's say you have an industrial-looking shelf and you want to make sure that you keep this going and it fits a color scheme. Well, there is a solution for you no matter how it is you set up your studio. I tell people not to get bogged down in the brand or, or the thickness. Those things will have direct impact, but at the end of the day, it's going to make a pretty big difference just having them at all. So that's what I tell people to, to look at, mainly having something that is in their budget and you can kind of get to a point where just because you're paying more doesn't mean you increase the quality. It's a matter of having them. Number two on our list is going to be microphones, one of my favorite things to talk about because of just how many options there are out there. And while some people get very, very overwhelmed by it, I actually get very, very excited because it's like a kid in a candy shop. But when it comes to this kit, I narrow down the microphone choices to two specific microphones. Now, before I tell you what they are, these are XLR microphones. We talked about that just a little bit in the last episode, but I'll talk a little bit more here about it just to outline what it is that's going on. You have two options for microphones right now. You have your USB microphones, which a lot of people on a budget start with, and you have your XLR, which takes a lot more equipment to connect from that to a recorder or to a computer that you can then upload the audio to or record live to. And it gets kind of annoying because you have an adapter or an amp and, and all these other different things. And XLR sometimes takes phantom power. It records in a way that is much more clear and you're going from analog to digital when you're doing from the XLR to the computer and, and there's a lot that goes into it. But mainly what I want you to focus on is finding a microphone that has excellent sound quality and that for the budget that you have, you're going to be looking at spending around $100 to $300 for a really good one. In my opinion, anything past that is overkill you really don't need to be spending more than $300 for a quality microphone for the sake of having a quality podcast, unless you're wanting to get into voiceover or maybe doing some audiobooks and things like that in the audio space and recording. That's where you could really throw down a lot of money on a microphone. But for the sake of this kit, again, that's about where you're going to be sitting. The two microphones that I have in mind are one, the PodMic by Rode. This is a very excellent microphone. It has a built-in shock mount, which I think it's actually inside of the diaphragm of the microphone itself. You can't see it physically. But one of my favorite things about this microphone is that while it only costs about $100 to $120, depending on where you buy it, it sounds like a $300 mic. 
It is an excellent microphone. It also is, is really sturdy. So if something was to happen to where I dropped the box, I'm not too worried about it because the microphone can take a little bit of tough love and still perform excellently. So this is my go-to whenever someone is really wanting to go all out on an XLR microphone. Now, the next option that I recommend would be the Shure SM7B. You might recognize this microphone as the mic that Joe Rogan uses on his show. This microphone is excellent. It sounds great. It sounds really clear. One of the things about it is you really have to be up on it, and some people get so uncomfortable because it feels like I'm eating the microphone. Well, the sweet spot on this microphone is where you would be taking a bite out of it, so you have to get right up on it. And these mics take some time to play with, to find the sweet spot, to find the right levels with your board, your digital recorder, which we're going to talk about here in a second. And it can just take a little bit of fine-tuning, but the beautiful part is once you figure out how this setup works, you never really have to put it back together again unless you're going to be on the go a lot. You can set it up, leave it be, and you're going to be comfortable to just press the record button and go right into recording without having to do a bunch of setup or a bunch of checks. That's another reason I kind of like the XLR route. Now, we've talked about microphones a bit. Let's talk about the recorder, number two. In this case, if you're going all out, I would recommend getting a Rodecaster Pro. This is something you may have seen, especially on Pat Flynn's show. That's something that he loves as a piece of equipment, and I love it too, I'll be honest. I'm very, very biased here. But one of the beautiful things about the Rodecaster Pro is the Rodecaster Pro already has everything built in that you need to make that XLR microphone work. You don't need to worry about phantom power. You don't need to worry about whether or not the microphone will connect. You will have a much easier time finding your levels because it will show you the levels of all microphones at the same time. It's essentially a radio board that you can have on the go or in-house that will do everything you need for podcasting. It also has options for a local recording, which is one of the ways that some of my clients will record their podcasts when they're using that device. And it will record in multi-track, which is another thing you will need to be able to do in order to really edit your podcast effectively and really upgrade and take it to that next level. Another thing that connects those two is literally the XLR cable. Now, this is something I didn't include on the list, but this is something you need to keep in mind when you are going from USB to XLR, is most USB mics will have the cords included. Not all XLR microphones will have the cables included. It's just a cable that you use to connect the two. If you pay more, you might get one that has more coding to it, but for the most part, I've been able to get on Amazon and use their name brand XLR cables, and that's my go-to cable right now. It works really, really well. I'll link all that equipment down in the show notes below for you to view at your pleasure. Number four is going to be investing in some digital recording editing tool. That's a really complicated way of saying digital audio workstation, your DAW. The one that I use is Adobe Audition. It is great for podcasting. It allows me to go in and edit in multi-track, which is how you'll be recording your podcast with the Roadcaster Pro, but it allows me to edit the whole show at once and also isolate individual lines of audio where I can do some fine-tuning and some extra work. But the reason you need to invest in this is if you are going up to the next level, you need to learn how to edit. You need to have a software that you can rely on, where you can go in, you can move things around, you can master, you can run filters, and you're not just taking the raw audio of whatever you recorded, putting it up, adding an intro and an outro, and calling it good. 
If you're at this point, then you have no excuse not to be editing out your ums, your buts, your uh, those, you know, where people kind of go off on the side and, and forget what to say. And sometimes you might leave those in. I leave a few of those in whenever I'm recording this show because I think it makes me sound a bit more human. But there's no excuse for you to have that guest that really doesn't sound great on the podcast live because they don't sound great. But if you were to do some editing, all of a sudden the audience would be none the wiser as to how many pauses there were, how many slip-ups there were. All those things need to be gone if you're ready to take a podcast to this level. That's my humble opinion, and that's why you hire a podcast producer like me, or you go out and find one, and that would be number five on this list. If you are at this point where you have a budget, you have income coming in from your show already, or this is a long-term investment, and you have a number of things going on with your business, but you need someone to quarterback the process, someone who can come in, guide you through setting up what it is you need to set up, teaching you how and where the record button is and how to press it and to get the show going and to connect on your own. But then after that, someone who can come in and you not have to worry about anything else in the process till it's time to launch, that's where a podcast producer comes in. Someone who can guide you through the process, help you put out consistent quality content, and quarterback the process so that you can shine as a host and not have to worry about the production. Now, I realized I'm biased, but those are just some things that you can look at if you're wanting to go to the next level with your show and you have the budget to back it up. Now, there are numbers of ways that you can go about getting a podcast producer. You can reach out to me, more than happy to help. You can reach out to Life's Tough Media, the sponsor and platform for this podcast, link in the show notes down below, or you can reach out to really anyone who does podcast editing services. You can find an individual contractor, more like myself, where it is a customized experience where you are working one-on-one with someone as a team member and as someone who's excited and ready to go on this journey with you. Or you can go a more corporate route where you find someone who has a team and they bring you into that team and you work with that team and you can still get a very customed and, and very personable experience with some companies like that. But also you might be paying a little bit more money or they might have a specific way of doing things that you really don't want to do for your show or it's just kind of complicated talking to a lot of people versus talking to just one or two people in a more contractor individualized setting. Guys, that's it for the list when it comes to the all-out package. I'll have links in the show notes, again, to all the equipment that I mentioned and the different things that you can use for your show if you have the budget for it. Also, if this show is helpful to you, but you have a question you'd like answered, whether it is to a podcast producer about becoming a podcast producer or to a podcast producer on how to take your podcast to the next level or you have a question that I can help with, I'm more than happy to do that. Reach out to me through my email or through LinkedIn. Links to those also in the show notes below. And if you haven't yet, be sure that you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. With all that said, guys, I hope you are doing well and I'll talk to you really, really soon.